Adulthood Made Easy is sponsored by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Casper mattresses come with free delivery and returns within a 100-day period. And right now, get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com adulthood. That's casper.com adulthood, promo code adulthood. Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. And one of the biggest things that I was and still am afraid of at work is making mistakes. Even something as simple as a misspelled word in an article makes me so anxious that I would seem bad at my job. And I've talked to so many friends who feel the same way that making mistakes or failing at their job are two of the biggest fears they've had entering the workplace. So I was Googling around to see if I could find anyone to help me work through this. And I came across a book edited by Jessica Bacall that the title is literally mistakes I made at work. So I thought that was fate. And I asked Jessica to join me today to share what she learned interviewing 25 successful women on their biggest career failures. She interviewed writers, doctors, business executives, and learned a lot of really interesting things that I'm hoping she can share with us today. So hi, Jessica. Hi, Sam. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I really like your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thanks for joining us. And I read your book and it, I mean, it made me feel so much better because you got to talk to all of these incredible successful women, some of whom I'd heard of before, like Cheryl Strayed, who wrote Wild, and some who I hadn't. And all of them had such great things to say. But what I wanted to ask you first was, you know, what made you want to write this book? Was there a big mistake or something that you made at work that kind of catalyzed realizing you wanted to write this or what's kind of sparked you? Yeah, it was my own mistakes and what I observed here at Smith College in Northampton, Mass, where I direct the Wordle Center for Work and Life. Right. But I, I came to Smith having never worked at a college before. So there was a really steep learning curve for me. I did things like offer a panelist on a panel, like three times the amount of money that my boss wanted to pay her. And then, you know, I couldn't take it back. There's a lot of mistakes I could talk about, but um, (laughs) I had a lot of anxiety about kind of just figuring out the culture of uh, a college and working at a college. And I saw also that the students here, uh, the students had a lot of anxiety about Uh, doing everything right. They would say things like, it seems like everyone has it all together. You know, I'm the only one who is messing up. And they -hmm. held themselves to these really high standards. And I felt like they needed to see mistakes modeled. Right. And I think you brought up something really interesting, which was that when it's always asked on these big panels, like, what was the biggest, you know, tell us about a time in your career that you failed. They always ask these important people about the Mm -hmm. big mistakes they've made. And they're always generalizing or they're like, oh, well, I've made so many mistakes, but moving on from that. So people are so hesitant to kind of share. Did you find that when you interviewed all of these really important people and really dug into their failures that they were hesitant or nervous to share? Well, it's it's a phenomenon that I, had, I noticed before I started the interviews, definitely. I mean, there was um, there were at least a couple of panels of really successful women panels where the moderator asked, could you talk about a mistake you've made at work? 
and, you know, someone said, I remember, oh, I majored in the wrong thing at college. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, there was someone in the military who said, oh, we don't make mistakes. But yes, right. they would move quickly on to, oh, you learn more from your mistakes than from your successes. And they wouldn't share stories. And I was noticing that students really responded to stories and that the young women I worked with appreciated when we had people come and share real experiences they'd had in life and, you know, not only the moments of success. But once I started the interviews, you know, people who agreed to talk to me generally, you know, were were really generous and they, they understood the point of the book and they understood that I was trying to kind of offer this mentorship to, to other women through modeling right. how successful people, successful women had made mistakes and learned from them. And so, you know, there were a couple of people who, you know, where I was like, you know, they, they didn't really share a mistake and I can't use their stories in the book. But oh, really? uh, for the most part, and there were people who said no. I mean, there were a lot of people who, who said, there were people who said, oh, I don't have a mistake to talk about. <laughs> you know, right. I, I can't think of a mistake. Or there were people who um, said they didn't want to be in the book. But But for those who agreed to be in the book, they they shared really amazing stories. And why do you think that people, like, why would someone say no? Why wouldn't people want to share their failures? Because obviously you're interviewing successful women, so it's not like you're seeking out failures to say, oh, tell me about the big failure you led that led you to this, you know, horrible life. You're trying to interview Uh successful people. Why do you feel like we are so afraid of failing and making mistakes? I think that, you know, research shows men and women are perfectionistic in equal measure, but women can be more ruminative, like obsessing over mistakes or things that didn't go well. Women can be more peer-focused, like caring about what other other people think and wanting approval from other people. And I mean, it's just in general, it's scary to make yourself vulnerable. vulnerable. And there was someone I interviewed who was a very high up person at McKinsey and Company, Joanna Barsh. Mm-hmm who talked about a mistake she made in an internship while she was at Harvard Business School. And when it came time to, when the book was coming out, she got a call. Um, I had an email from Elle magazine. They wanted to interview me and a couple of the people who I had interviewed for the book. And Joanna was suddenly really nervous. And even though now she was she was so high up at McKinsey, and then she had actually recently retired, but she was worried about what her boss would think about this mistake when, when he read about it. So you know, it's different for different people, but it's like it, it hits a, a, a soft place. And do you want to share with people what her mistake was? I think it's a good one. So she had an internship in which she had to, she was kind of all stuck in this basement by herself. And this was before computers. I think it was probably right. in the early 80s. And she had to calculate these numbers and make tables and do these analyses that it, the numbers just, things weren't coming together. She was doing it over and over and tallying and this literally with these long reams of paper and pen by herself in a basement. And uh, the analyses weren't coming out the way she thought they should be based on like what her kind of her instinct looking at the numbers. And so she kind of fudged it. And um, (laughs) when she brought the results to uh, the place where she had the internship, the client was really happy and, you know, everything was fine. She finished the internship and went back to Harvard Business School. A couple of months later, she had a phone call from the, her boss at the internship saying, you know, the, the client would like you to replicate what you did because it worked out so well. They're so happy with it. So can you tell me, you know, how you got where you got? And right. she, she didn't call back. 
she just was horrified and so nervous and, and upset and felt just absolutely sick. She didn't call back. They called a couple more times. And finally, she said there was a part of it that I just kind of did intuitively that I kind of made up, you know, based on what I thought. And um, I'm sure you're not going to want to hire me back. And he, the guy, she says, just laughed. And he said, you know, don't do that again. But, you know, I can totally understand how that happened. And, you know, he, he said, we still want you to come work for us. She had been offered a job the next year. But it was it just just listening to her her story. It, it was a real nail biter. <laughs> and I think that that's such that story in particular is such a great example for people like me or other young people who are working that mistakes don't have to be the end of the world. And right. I think that that was something I really took from all of your research is that it's often a much bigger deal to you than it is to your manager. And even I remember Joanna saying that what she felt her biggest mistake was, was carrying, you know, the guilt of that error with her for however many years afterward. Yeah, right. So that she even was anxious about it when when my book was about to come out. We're going to be right back with Jessica to talk about even more mistakes that people have made throughout their years and ended up successful anyway. But first, a word from our sponsors. Adulthood Made Easy is sponsored by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly to the customer. That would be you. Buying a Casper mattress is risk-free because they offer free delivery and returns within a 100-day period. Statistically, lying on a bed for four minutes in a showroom has no correlation to whether or not it's the right bed for you. That's why Casper has turned the buying process into a risk-free experience. They understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress that, in all reality, you spend a third of your life on, or more if you're me. Casper mattresses are also made in America, and you'll love their low prices. They're $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. Compare that to the industry averages. It's a great price. Adulthood Made Easy listeners, that's you. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com adulthood and using the promo code adulthood. Okay, so another mistake I wanted to talk about with you, Jessica, was Dr. Danielle Ofri. She was a clinician at Bellevue Hospital, and she talked about a time, I don't know if you want to tell the story since you did the interview, but when she accidentally transferred a patient to the stable wing before looking at his CAT scans and how mm-hmm. that ended up. So Danielle Ofri is an internist in New York City and also a writer. And she told me a story about in her medical internship when she had a diabetic patient come in and she put him on insulin and he stabilized and then um, she made a mistake. She took him off all the way and when he was supposed to be on kind of a slow drip after that. And uh, the head doctor came in and just screamed at her in front of her supervisee. She was so upset. She just talked about being, you know, frozen in place, you know, like speechless. And she also talked about how she didn't tell that story for about 20 years. She was just so ashamed that she didn't want to mention it to anyone. She didn't write about it. And now she, she's had a real kind of about face when, when she thinks about, you know, me- medical error. Um, and she thinks it's really important that people talk about medical error and that she tell her supervisees, you know, if you make a mistake, I want to talk about it. 
you know, when they do make mistakes, she tells them, you know, you made a mistake, but you're not the mistake, which I right. thought was just such a generous way to phrase it, you know, that, you know, we can come to feel like, oh, because we've screwed up, we are screw ups. And, you know, that, that one error, it defines who I am or defines the way I am as, a, as an employee. And, and she's saying, you know, that's not the case. People, people make mistakes and what you really have to do is own up to them and learn from them. Right. And I brought up those two examples, Dr. Offrey and Joanna, because when I was reading, those stuck out to me as the ones that I was like, I don't know how I would have recovered from that. Like, I get nervous about missing a meeting or spelling a word wrong. And those, to me, were two of the big, had some of the the biggest impact on me. But when you went through all of them, you divided them into learning experiences, like Mm -hmm. learning to ask, learning to say no, learning resilience, and learning to take charge of your own narrative. Which of those do you find is most important for young people to learn first? And what what have you seen in your students that people have the most difficult time learning when it comes to recovering from mistakes? You know, I think that the the learning to take charge of your own narrative is such a big, such a big piece. And it can, it can be comprised of, you know, there can be real mistakes, real screw-ups that are kind of part of a story of of not taking charge of your own narrative. I do see young people kind of having to tease apart, you know, others' expectations versus their own desires and goals. I think that one definitely does make me the most nervous just because, and I think that my friends and other people my age would agree, it's hard to know at this point what your narrative or your story or your passion really is. And so it's hard to know if you're making mistakes on the way because you don't really know where you want to end up. Whereas the ideas of learning to ask and learning to say no, those seem much more tangible to me where I am right now in my life. Yeah. There's a story in the book. A journalist talks about just learning that that every man at her first job was being paid more than she was and mm-hmm. the kind of slow evolution of her ability to speak up about salary. She she even offers the advice of like, sometimes it's okay to broach a conversation over email. And I passed that along to my 25-year-old sister-in-law who was going to kind of entering into a, a tricky negotiation with her boss about like going part-time. She was so scared. And but she just broached it over email and said she'd like to meet and talk about it. Uh, this is what she was thinking. And that kind of was so much easier for her. And it really worked. And looking at that example, I think that she, her being afraid to broach that conversation, she's afraid of failure. Like I, there are some times when I ha- want to have a tricky conversation of my boss, but I'm afraid it will go badly, which is different than being afraid I'll make a mistake in the day to day. So what did you learn from talking to all these women about the difference between making a mistake and what you can learn from that versus actually failing and what you can learn from that? You know, I, it's, I'm less kind of um, in the book trying to tease out the difference between mistakes and failures and more trying to kind of encourage people to talk about when things don't go well, you know, and that yeah. we don't always have to be putting on this kind of Facebook ready, LinkedIn ready show for each other when it comes to work. You know, I think it's, it can be so useful to, you know, if you have a trusted group of friends or people in your family to like explore mistakes or explore things that don't go right and figure out like, well, what's the takeaway here? And, and that can also really help you move on. And the idea of moving on and kind of getting back on the horse or, you know, learning resilience, which you bring up, what did you learn overall f- about 
getting back on track and recovering from these mistakes and and getting back to a place where you feel good about your work? Well, I love what Reshma Sujani said. She is the founder of Girls Who Code in New York City, but mm-hmm. she had two failed runs for office. But, you know, even so her first run for office, she says, you know, she had maxed out credit cards. She she had her hopes so high and she, she was not elected and she gave herself like a month to just feel terrible, you know, and to take her puppy for walks and cry and, um, you know, talk to friends. And then she was like, she, she had to be over it. She gave herself a deadline. And I think, you know, whether it's like 24 hours or a month, I think giving yourself a deadline for when to stop, like beating yourself up, stop ruminating, I think is really useful. And there, there is some research um, that women are more likely than men, as I mentioned, to be ruminative, to kind of like go over and over things that didn't go well in an unhelpful way. So I think um, giving yourself a deadline is good. I think that um, also it's so important to have a growth mindset. Carol Dweck, uh, professor of psychology at Stanford, has a book called Mindset, uh, which is about the idea that when you see tasks as learnable, they often are more learnable. So, for example, like I grew up in New York, and I, um, I never really drove that much. And then mm-hmm. when I moved up to Massachusetts, I had to drive. And, and then when the book was published, I had to like drive even far distances to go speak. There was a time last year I had to drive to Maine. And, and even now, like I'll have to say to myself, you know, you can get better at driving through practice. Driving isn't a skill that like you either have or don't have. And there's a lot in life that's like that, you know, even like being in relationships or, you know, tasks that we need to to be good at our jobs. And I I think having a growth mindset, telling ourselves I can learn this is and figuring out how to do it is much better, uh, you know, especially after a setback than having a fixed mindset. Well, I, you know, I didn't do well with that. I failed that. So, you know, obviously I can't do it. And and that's that. Right. And I think that some of these Obviously, we've said these failures are like the big ones, and they might not be what, like we mentioned before, you work at the Wordle Center for Work and Life at Smith College. I don't know if these huge failures are what your students are coming to you with when they're nervous about failures. So how do you, what do you see that they're most nervous about, and how have you been able to translate these big, massive career failures into something that's practical for young people who are just entering the workplace? I think, you know, interestingly, I think when you're entering the workplace, you know, people will ask you often, you know, in an interview or in a, in a personal statement for applying to grad school, you know, you're asked, you know, what are your skills? Uh, you know, what, what are the challenges you've dealt with? You know, um, and I think a lot of that, you can figure out a lot of that by, you know, thinking, talking, even writing about challenges and about failures. And, I, and that's a lot of what I do with students. And so I think often, you know, it's the reflection and thinking and talking and writing that helps young people figure out like, oh, this experience really sucked, but, you know, I was able to make use of it. And then if you can go and tell other people and kind of make it part of your story, whether it's an interview or, you know, again, in a personal statement or in another way, I think people respond to it and really respect it. Yeah, I guess for me, it's I've always just felt like I haven't earned a right to be vulnerable or make mistakes yet. I I know that young people are obviously prone to make mistakes because we're new and we don't know as much. But I feel like it's so much more humanizing to hear my managers made a ton of mistakes and I don't 
want to let her know that I've ever made a mistake. I'm all about covering it up. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes that's okay. I mean, you don't need to share every mistake, right? I mean, I think you want to share mistakes in a, you know, if you want to share them, kind of in a safe environment. Um, And yeah, you don't want to, your boss doesn't always want to be hearing like, all your screw ups. If if you screw right. up and there's and you fixed it and you move, you're able to move on, like I think that that's that. And it also teaches you how to solve problems on your own, like how to screw up, figure it out, solve it, and then go and say there was an issue, but it's done, and here's the new yeah. resolution. I think that's something right. that I've learned from talking to you, from talking to a lot of people. Is it's about messing up, but the next step would be to take the initiative to solve it before looping people in and asking them to solve it for you. I think you're right. And that is exactly, I think, what's so impressive to people who are in the supervisory role. And they're so relieved when they have people working for them who take the initiative to figure things out. And I think then people, sometimes they, they want to know, like, wow. And, it, and it, it's kind of it's comforting <laughs> to know, like, you have yeah. this team that's going to be solving the problems as they arise. And this, like I said, this book was comforting for someone like me who thinks a spelling error or showing up one minute late is a huge mistake. It's great to see people who have, you know, lost major political races and made major medical errors. (laughs) I mean, not great. You obviously don't want there to be a lot of medical errors in the world, but it certainly gives you some perspective. So it's a great book. And I think that everyone would benefit from seeing how these successful women failed in their careers. And I just want to thank you so much for your time and your expertise in talking to me today. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I really enjoyed it. And I think your podcast is really great. And I'm going to keep listening. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Again, the name of Jessica's book is Mistakes I Made at Work. And you can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Thanks so much for joining me today for Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or suggestions or ideas for future episodes, just tweet them to me at Sam Zabel and I'll add them to my list. Our producer is Tim Einenkel. And don't forget to subscribe and review the show in iTunes. I'm Sam Zabel and I'll have more answers next time. <laughs>